For those who know every line, and for those finding Star Wars for the very first time, welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. to Growing Up Skywalker. My name is Anna. And I'm Sam. And I actually said welcome to Growing Up Skywalker, but this week we're excited to welcome you to not Growing Up Skywalker, but instead the FSF Popcast is making a special appearance on our show. They've been our podcast friend ever since we started, and we're doing a quick crossover where they're playing our episode and we're playing theirs. So last week, we were so thrilled. They played our recap of the Bad Batch pilot aftermath. It was season one, episode one of the Bad Batch. And this week, we are playing their absolutely phenomenal episode where they interviewed the one, the only... Anna Graves. Who plays Duchess Satine in The Clone Wars, who is one of our very favorite characters. She is, besides Sam, my one and only. I love her so much. <laughs> and we love the FSF Popcast so much. They are your number one source for everything warm, everything funny, everything sci-fi, all nerdy, no dirty. They are the best. And we are so excited to introduce you to their show. So buckle up and enjoy. Enjoy. Previously on Fun Science Fiction. I would take Doom and I would probably add it to Jurassic Park so they all get eaten. And it makes that, <laughs> uh, it makes that movie just... Hello, this is Anna Graves. Welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where we argue on how a xenomorph should, should or would correctly wear a hat. Now, if you've watched or have been a fan of the Clone Wars animated series, then you're familiar with some of the work of today's guest. She is the voice of Duchess Satine of Mandalore, among a great deal of many other characters. That's Voltron. right. Voltron. That's right. <laughs> Voltron. <clears throat> Voltron. Um, she is the Duchess Satine. We already went through all that. That's right. Anna Graves is our guest today. <laughs> I'm so flustered. You're not flustered. I'm flustered. Shut up. Welcome I'm to the flustered. show, Anna. <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, it Tim. Is, Thank you, Nick. It is so wonderful to have another girl on screen to balance out the crazy testosterone levels. Oh, <laughs> oh well, we got to do something about that. Here I am. I brought my estrogen. Yes. Well, if I'm going to keep up with Nick, I'm going to have to grow a mustache. <laughs> I don't know if you can grow a mustache like that, Tim. Just do this. Right? Actually, my, it's impressive. Mine twirls. <laughs> my biggest problem is not laughing at myself when I have a mustache on my face. So um, <laughs> that's a thing. That's really a thing. That's you ever thing. not laugh at yourself? No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Let's talk to the guest. So, Anna, looking yes. over your extremely very impressive list of work on IMDb, I have to say that a few of the entries surprised me. And I say surprised me because I didn't realize that it was you or that you were attached to that project. Um, thank you. That kind of means I did my job well. So, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, so I was kind of going through the list and I was going, oh, she was in that. Oh, she was in that. Holy cow, she was in that. One of the ones, though, that surprised me the most was Disney Infinity 3.0 with you playing Princess Leia. Now, one of the things that I was not aware of, I automatically assumed, and you know what happens when you assume, but I, I did that. Um, I assumed that Julie Dolan would have done that. And so I have to ask, did like you and Julie Dolan do like a Jets versus Sharks, like, you know, <laughs> fight dance for, for the job? Julie and Anna. Julie and Anna. No, we didn't. We didn't even know each other at that point. And now we know each other and she is one of my dear friends. So uh, because of Princess Leia. So Princess Leia brought us together. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I can tell you more about that. And yeah, please. Um, uh, well, and just for, for as far as Disney Infinity goes, that was just a, a huge opportunity that came because I had done... Um, uh, an arcade game called Star Wars Battle Pod. If you guys have played that, um, it's in it's in arcades. You go mm -hmm. inside the machine and actually close the door. Uh, and I was on a speeder bike on indoor, um, doing Leia in that that bit. But then I had also done a pinball app as Princess Leia. So I had auditioned 
a couple of times and worked a couple of times. And then they just called me in to do Disney Infinity. So I didn't know what it was for until I got there. And then I found out it was Princess Leia for that game. And I was so excited. So, and I didn't, you know, Princess Leia was one of those voices that I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I had worked on, um, had I worked on Clone Wars at that point? I started working on Clone Wars in 2007. Um, so I'm trying to remember what, what lined up first, but, but I grew up a, a huge Star Wars fan. So, um, Excellent. but Princess Leia wasn't necessarily something that I was like, yeah, that's in my wheelhouse. I can do that. Um, but then once I, I tried, I, I was like, oh, I can do that. So, but when I saw um, Princess Leia on Star Wars Rebels, I said, oh, let's see who they got for Princess Leia because <laughs> I wanted that part, um, but I didn't audition for it. And when I heard Julie on there, I said, oh, that is so, that was fantastic. That was really good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I went in to work on Star Wars Rebels right after that. And I kind of joked around with Dave Filoni and gave him a hard time. But I said, no, seriously, Julie Dolan was fantastic. And I know she's the, the voice of Leia for Star Tours. So, um, but then we met uh, a short amount of time after that um, because of all of this, so. Yeah, we had a we had a really nice chat with Julia a few weeks back, and she was a hoot, just an absolute yeah. sweetheart. She's hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So a few a few of my friends, we've all voiced Leia, and we literally got together because I ran into Misty Lee, who you may know as the fantastic Leia from Battlefront and mm-hmm. um, many projects. She's an amazing voice actress, and I ran into her at an audition at Technicolor, and I was like, Oh, hey, I'm. I'm Princess Leia and Disney Infinity. She was like, oh, that's so cool. So we started talking on Twitter. And then um, I think I had seen Forces of Destiny. So I reached out to Shelby and I was like, hey, I'm Anna. It's really nice to meet you. I just wanted to tell you, I really appreciate your work as Princess Leia. That was amazing. Forces of Destiny is so cool. And she was like, thank you. And so we became friends on there. And then we just all sort of interconnected and Misty wrote all of us. And then uh, Julie and I had reached out to each other as well. And, and then Misty said, you know, we should all have lunch. And so we there did. You go. <laughs> so we got together for lunch and that was probably in 2016 and, or 2017. And we've all been friends ever since. So we have these lunches. We have our Leia lunches where we get together and catch up. And uh, now we do Zoom calls and have wine, <laughs> drinks, uh, or coffee or tea, or depending Fair on enough. the time of the day. And, sure. um, and I play D&D with Shelby every week. So when, oh, you, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. When you guys go out to these lunches, do you all introduce yourselves as Leia? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. I'm Leia. This is Leia. My other... This is my other Leia. 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 We are, Leia. We are the Leia ladies. <laughs> We're the Leia ladies. I mean, we sometimes take a picture and we'll be like, hey, another Leia lunch or something like that. And then sometimes we don't like we'll look like, you know, like we we didn't really dress up or try to, you know, it, was, it wasn't to impress those are the, or show, show those off. Are the picture it was just days. to go to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that on so many different levels, Star Wars brings people together like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not just the fans. <laughs> it's not. And it's unbelievable how it brings together people in, in so many different ways from cosplayers to role players to just mm-hmm. fans of the film. Um, like I had never gone to um, a Star Wars convention probably until I think the first time I went to Celebration. It was just as a fan. And um, that was in 2000, maybe 14 or something like that, because that was the first time I knew that it was in Anaheim. And I didn't contact anybody and say, hey, can I do a signing here? I just wanted to go and just be there. And it was amazing. So as Tim had talked about your extensive work history, there's a lot of video games in that. Everything yes. from World of Warcraft to Star Wars Old Republic to X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Last, The Last of Us Part Two. So if you could safely visit any of those realities, like on a vacation, which one would you consider? Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good uh, safely visit on a vacation. Um, well... I quite enjoy, I'm a big Jumanji fan. So Jumanji, not that you mentioned it, but no, I, but it, I do know it's in that history. <laughs> I could dance fight, then I would do it. And uh, so I was very excited to get to uh, voice Ruby Roundhouse for that video game because I'm a huge fan of the films and I really hope they're making a third one. Um, yeah, they're very but, entertaining. Yeah. They are. But Karen uh, Gillian, is it Gillian? Gillian? Mm-hmm. Gillian. 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 She's, I mean, she's incredible. I love her. Mm-hmm. I love her from the Marvel films. And, and I thought she was 
fantastic in Jumanji and not a hint of her accent, by the way. I'm super Which impressed. Which is amazing. It's amazing, right? Every time we watch it, we're like, huh, she does a killer American accent. Good for her. Um, so I'm sure that's something that when you're, I mean, when you're in a voice booth and you're doing an alternate accent that's not your own, it's a little easier to kick back to an original phrase or do do something that will keep you in the the mode but if you're on set and you're you know dance fighting at the same time there's a lot going on there and it's um, funny as i went from watching jumanji to watching her and doctor who and i'm like oh wow <laughs> reality shift oh. <laughs> that hurts a little. I, I would i would say if like yeah I would say if Ruby Roundhouse meets like Anna from uh, Metro Exodus, that was another favorite one that I did. Mm. Um, oh yeah, okay. The Russian character. So she was, unfortunately, there was this explosion and she was living in the uh, the tubes under Moscow. And um, it's based on a book and it, the game is incredible. So I did yes, Metro last night and then I did um, Metro Exodus. And it's just sweet and sad and bittersweet and hard to you know go through what those people went through so see now i have to go back and, and check those games back out again because i i have them i just haven't played them in a while and not and i didn't realize till i was doing my research the other day that again that was one of those ones that i went holy yeah. cow she's in that too okay yeah. we're gonna go check that back out so well and i wish i could tell you like who i play in uh, world of warcraft like i i've never i don't play and I'm, every now and then they'll just call me. They're like, hey, we need you to come in and do some lines. Hey, we need you to come in and do some lines. So sometimes you just go in, they throw a script at you. You have no context <laughs> with, with which you are, you, you just rely on your director to say, this is what we need you to do today. And you say, all right, here I am. So I noticed <laughs> uh, one of your voice acting credits was from Heroes of the Storm, a StarCraft II thing. Was that one of those that you were like, oh, I don't know what voice that was exactly i don't know i couldn't tell okay. you what i did for that game and i wish i could that would be one of those things that some sometimes fans will play games and they'll they'll send me clips and they'll say is that you and i'll i'll say oh yes that is me or oh sadly no it's not but keep searching for your to find out who that is so most voice actors that i've met they've had some sort of inspiration in becoming a voice actor what was it that said, I want to become a voice actor? Yeah, I grew up uh, adoring um, musical theater and comedy and um, Robin Williams, uh, his multifaceted career and, and the, uh, um, the ease with which he would switch between characters, uh, the Muppet show. So I, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And when I started doing musical theater, it always felt like I was getting the characters that, well, hello there. Why don't you just, you know, like I was the Irish girl or I, or I was, uh, you know, Maria in the sound of music. Oh, you know, a deer, a female, you know, very, very charactery parts where I was always doing some sort of accent or playing a different age. Um, I remember back in high school, we did this wonderful show called the Fantastics, which was, a very old Broadway play that the kids today don't know what it what it is what it's about, <laughs> but it's this very simplistic story about neighbors keeping their children apart with a wall to secretly get them to get together. Uh, and the the play was originally cast with two fathers, so they changed the role and made it a mother and a father, and I played the mother. Um, so I I always knew that I could had it in my heart and my spirit to play characters that were bigger than life and that's what I wanted to do so when I discovered and associated that type of performance with voice acting it was like a marriage and I never left nice. I love the number of voice actors who say that it was from a love of musical theater I love how many times it goes back to musical theater yeah like that is that is my family. My grandmother was an opera singer. My mom and dad met doing a community theater production. Like to, to see it all come back to musical theater is so cool. What production were they doing? Uh, they were doing chorus line. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. My mom was on stage. My dad was backstage. He did lighting. So. See, that's so romantic. It is. I love it that. Is. I love theater romance and hopefully sometimes it's fleeting and sometimes it lasts. 41 but, years. Um, see, look at that. <laughs> love it. Yeah. 
Uh, it's been said that you used a lot of uh, Princess Leia to influence the way that you portrayed Duchess Satine, yes. which made sense to me. Both acted very regal, uh, even though at times uh, when Leia was involved with the rebels and, and the rebellion, uh, she tried to be peaceful if at all possible, which, of course, being peaceable was Satine's calling card. That's yeah. what she was uh, to a fault, perhaps even. But what are the differences between how you portray the two characters since you have done both? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like there is, a, an, obviously, you called it as far as their sense of duty and their regalness. They realized that they had a role to play that was bigger than their own dreams and hopes. Um, as people, they wanted to make the world a better place. And I saw that as a similarity. Now, Duchess Satine had a different path to get her there. She was definitely, um, it's interesting because I learned some of what fans are also learning when we hear more about her sister and her past and the Mandalorian past. Um, I have ideas about what I had in my head when I was recording it, um, but they, have, they haven't veered too far off from that. But she definitely went through some strife. She went through some struggle. Um, and she, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was not in her plans. Uh, and that was unfortunate because she fell in love with him. And that was that was the place with which I decided that Duchess Satine was coming from, that this was a, a suppressed feeling that she had that had been there for a long, long time. Uh, but she had set it aside for sense of duty. Um, but then, uh, this is, and this is the combative thing that we were talking about before we started the show, uh, <laughs> Duchess Satine is very combative, uh, in a different way than, mm -hmm. uh, Princess Leia. Leia tends to get really emotional really quickly, um, and, you know, gets flustered and doesn't know what to say and goes straight to the, like, the name calling and things like that. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe that, um, Duchess Satine was more directly, um, she knew where she was going and she knew what she was going to do. And she, I don't think she was surprised by many people, I think, other than Obi-Wan Kenobi, which was all by design, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, uh, you mentioned the flustered, you know, that's kind of the, the, the Skywalker way. You know, you mm. get, get worked up and, and you react on emotion instead of, instead of thought. Yeah, yeah. No, it runs in the family. Oh, so, big time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then a, a, we've talked about your video game roles, especially Princess Leia and then Ruby Roundhouse from Jumanji. So those characters were then presented by someone else on screen or had been presented by somebody else on screen before you. So do you prefer roles like those where you have that source material to look at? Or do you like when you can, I mean, even with the source material, you can put your own stamp on it. But do right. you like having that like that open, hey, here's a character nobody's ever heard of before, run with it? Or do you like that source material? I like both and they, I like them both for different reasons. It's nice to have that source material on and, and it's, it's nice to uh, find the little hooks that people do with their, with their tone and with their pitch and with their voice and with their character and their sense of humor. But it's also nice to find those things for yourself. And um, that is more challenging. It's, it does sometimes feel like you have a, a crutch if you're, if you're doing the other, but, um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of characters that I've played that are, original characters that you you talk a lot before you start recording about perspective and point of view and right. where, where the character's coming from and even if in a video game some video games you know you'll go in there and they're trying to get as many lines in as possible as quickly as possible and then sometimes it's much slower they take you you know you're taking your time you're really mulling over every bit of the script so it really depends on how much time they have within the session and the director. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, both, I, for very different reasons. But I, I've always enjoyed voice matching and I do quite a lot of like specific voice matching for an ADR for films, or um, sometimes you'll get these auditions that are soundalikes for, you know, not main characters in movies, but smaller characters, perhaps they can't get them to come in and loop the lines they need to finish the film and you give it a shot. And it's fun. It's fun to try that. And as a musical theater person, as a singer, I'm sure you've talked to voice actors who say this all the time, but if you have a background in singing, it's easier to mimic and to listen and 
know whether, you know, oh, I need to make that more nasal and pull it up here. Oh, I need to open up the back of my throat and I need to speak from down here. Or, uh, you know, you have all these little changes. The only thing that I really can't totally do is add too much rasp to my voice. So if there's a lot of actors and actresses that have raspy voices, it, it can be hard to do that to a point without sounding like Oh, she's just doing an effect on her voice. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. She's trying bless so hard. Bless her heart. But that's okay. I mean, if you don't have rasp, you can create it. If you do have rasp, it's hard to get rid of it. So it's a, I've always kind of envied the people who have such a recognizable voice that that's their thing. They get casted them as themselves all the time and good for them. I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I always remember something that Corey Burton told me when I was working on Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And he, Corey is this just inventive, wonderful voice actor. And he just, you know, taught me that it's about what you can do with your instrument. It's not just having a pretty voice or having a nice voice. He said, you know, most people don't hire me to sound like this, like just my normal speaking voice. It's what I can do with it. Yeah, absolutely. And that made a, a big impression on me because that was probably 12 years ago that he said that to me. So as I was starting in my career and trying to find my identity as, a, as an actor, that was very helpful. Excellent. So, so this is more on the silly side of the questions. Oh, yes. Um, one, do you have any pets? Yes, I have a cat. His name is Felix. Felix. Nice. And does Felix have a voice? Like when you're talking oh. with Felix, do, does he, do you put a voice to him to? Yes, I do. <laughs> I was going to say non-voice actors have a tendency to do that. So I can only imagine a voice actor's cat's voice is so much better. <laughs> I Well, it's funny because I do this. I don't know why I do this other voice. So it's sort of a play off that voice. Uh, I think years ago, my husband and I were on a trip and we, I was pretending to be a seal on the beach. And I was just saying, I'm a seal and I'm on the beach. And here I go. Because they just can't. Poor little guys, they just hop. They can't really move around. This is me as a seal. Here I come. So I, when I'm my cat, I kind of, when he looks at me and meows, I, I say, I'll, I'll just pretend I know what he was saying. And I'll say, I'm a cat. Yep. I'm a cat. Here I am. Are you going to give me a treat? I'm a cat. So that's basically my Felix voice. Nice. Seal voice is very similar to my sister's voice for her cat. <laughs> Yay. There you <laughs> go. Although he's kind of shaped like a seal. So I understand it. You know, it happens. <laughs> He's a very fat cat. <laughs> fat cats happen. Uh, there was one time when I made a video for a friend. Her daughter was in the hospital and I, I decided to give him a British accent and it didn't really work, but it was sort of a, it was like, hey, sorry, I heard you were in the hospital. I hope you're all right now. All right, I'm going to go eat this bowl of food. And he was very doubting. <laughs> I was like, oh, that kind of worked. But she loved it. The little girl watched it over That's and over. awesome. And she was fine. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we have we have two cats and I, I've only given one of them a voice because the other one I just call a butthead. Um, so because <laughs> he likes of, to knock stuff off of the of the desk and the the, among stuff. among other many great things. Yes, he's he's a scientist, so we, Tim. We have two we have two boy cats. <laughs> one say. one is named Vader because he's all black and has a white box on his chest and he's a Yay. bit of a jerk. Um <laughs> And then the other one's name is Seven because he's polydactyl. He's got extra, you know, toes on his paws and extra claws. And he has seven toes. We call him Seven. Nice. Um, but uh, so I give Vader a voice and it's it's uh, more of a, I'm too fat to do anything, you know, so. <laughs> Somehow Vader is combined with Eeyore. A little oh, bit, Vader yes. Vader like an Eeyore Darth. Yeah, because so when he goes running across the floor, his stomach shifts from side to side as he runs um, because he only gets excited by uh, the thought that I might shake down his automatic feeder for him to release more food. And if I even start walking towards it, he automatically springs <laughs> springs to life like, oh my God, there's going to be more food. And he goes running across the floor. So, yeah. Oh. And that was my very taught you well. Yeah, that was my very bad impression, but that was that's so. pretty cute. Well, it's funny yeah. when you get pets, like I had two other cats before who were pre they were named. We adopted them. So that was Alexandra and 
uh, Sammy. So I was very excited when I got Felix, I adopted him uh, and I was like, oh, I get to name somebody. You know, this was before my children. So it's a very big deal naming another creature mm -hmm. in the world. And I actually did take Russian in college. So I picked, I looked through Russian names and I found that Felix fit him very well because of the black and white cat, the, the, the cartoon, but also um, because Felix in a Russian name means fortunate one. So Aww. I thought that was very fitting for him. It is. Nice. Yeah, I used to have a cat named Felix. My wife hated him. Uh, while we were while we were dating, he was very jealous. Uh, so wherever she went, yeah, he would sneak up behind her, like on the top of the couch, and just bat her on the head and then run off. Or <laughs> that's terrible. He would yeah. attack her feet as soon as she would walk in the door. Well, because then, you were his daddy, and he no. Well, yeah, and so I would I I would come. She renamed him. Um, <clears throat> Lucifer. And uh, <laughs> a, so, you know, I would go sit down on the couch. He would come up and, and curl up on my lap and look at her and just purr as loud as he could, just, <laughs> but wag the tail to let her know that this is my territory. And mine. Yeah, oh he was God. very this protective. It was pretty funny. Cinderella. So, uh, well, I, uh, uh, yeah. So, I, if I get more pets moving forward in the world, I would probably name them fun, nerdy names that make me happy. But my phone, I have called my daughter asked me this last week. She's like, mom, why, when you plug in your phone, does it say Duchess? <laughs> and I said, well, honey, I named my phone Duchess. And she's like, why? I said, because that was one of my favorite characters that I played. So my phone is called Duchess. And there then we go. call, you know, I have a black car. I call that Shiro. That's Shiro, the black lion. Nice. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have a white car. I call that Stormtrooper, but my husband calls it Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> that is a good name for a car though. Stormtrooper's name is Gordon. I love that is a great name for a car. My car's name is Bruno. So Bruno. <laughs> yes. My nice. my mommy van is Bruno. Nice. There you go. All right. So uh I have to ask you, Anna, yes, because yes. it's it's a nerd theory that many people have talked about. Many things have been written about this. Many have done photo comparisons of these two people side by side. In your opinion, is Corky Cries the son of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Duchess Satine? Clearly, there was some very nice how you doing vibes between Duchess and Obi. Because if you yes. compare the pictures of, of Corky and Obi, they're drawn pretty closely. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, I mean, I can't deny or confirm this, Tim. I'm okay uh, with that. But yeah, I... I like to think no, which is not as much fun as saying yes. So all the fans who say that Corky is their love child, I say, oh, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who, was it ever determined as far as canon knowledge who- I don't think so. Who Corky, why, why he was my nephew? Just that he was your nephew. I don't think that there's any other stories that- mm -hmm. um, I'd have to do some some looking uh, and go back through it all, but I don't yeah. believe it ever was established. And as far as I know, you know, Bo and I are the only siblings. So that's a great question, Tim. I'm going to say I don't know the answer to it, but I've always <laughs> said no, but it, it's getting harder and harder to say no. It feels <laughs> like there are too many things against the argument <laughs> and that I should just say yes and accept Corky as my child. There you it go. Does, it does seem like he probably is, <laughs> doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, you know, even when watching it, um, and I was like, I don't think that's your nephew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you think know, so. We're not for Right, and then you know, you, you know, the years go by, and you start reading all these fan theories and and all these sure. different things, um, and you start going, maybe mm -hmm, it could be, it could be a thing. Yeah. But yeah, so no, I just had to ask. There is definitely a family similarity. I mean, like obviously we're related. The characters look very similar. Right. So oh yeah. 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 I always leave it open to possibility and, uh, and fair. Yeah. Maybe something will be uh, elaborated upon in the uh Obi Wan Kenobi show. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that be cool? <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. I would love it. Yeah. So as you've mentioned, you've been in the voice acting industry for a while. Yes. So what advice would you give to somebody who's considering this as a career option, 
other than how to build their voiceover booth at home. I mean, that's like a huge thing you have to have. But. Right. Yes, sure. Uh, and 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 it does feel so easy now to figure out how to do that, how to how to, you know, order the equipment, how to have your own space, but um most importantly is do the work, you know? Do the acting classes, do the improv classes, do the um just sometimes just goof around and see what works and what doesn't work and um make sure that you can sustain characters that are a little bit more broad and make sure that you can um deliver that so i i quite enjoy getting work i have always said work begets work and i think that if you go in and you love your job and you deliver people will want to work with you again so um i would say for those who are you know just starting out that's the most important thing. Just do the work and you're always working. You're always, you know, careers, especially entertainment careers have ebb and flows and you have to shake things up every now and then, or explore different uh, sides of yourself um, as an, as an entertainer and as an artist. So I've been working on writing and uh, singing and trying to play more musical instruments and trying to branch out away from um, so that when I come into my booth and have auditions to work on that day, I'm not just saying, okay, what am I going to do today? You know, nobody wants to hear that. Um, you have to approach it with fresh new perspective and, uh, mm -hmm. and a, a want. Right. That's good advice. I do love how, as I already mentioned, I love how much music comes into it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was so excited. I finally got to sing last year and I have not played Elder Scrolls online, but I sang four new bard songs for Elder oh, Scrolls cool. and they are beautiful. They're these crazy tunes. Um, so I have the video, which they have lovingly sent to me, but I haven't posted them. And I was going to ask people, where, where can you go in the game and find this? Because it's literally, it's like my, my characters, you know, sitting and standing in front of a fireplace and at a, at a old um what do you call it not a bar a uh tavern tavern thank you so every now and then during a my song you'll a pub <laughs> so every now and then you hear you know clanking and things breaking and one oh, guy in the back going <laughs> so uh, Nick's looking them up right now yeah <laughs> right so, uh, so I have that recording of the song that actually has the interactive noises in the background um oh, cool. in the game and it's really fun but oh, yeah, like I was I was very excited to get to sing for a game. I love the Skyrim bard songs from just from Skyrim. I haven't yes. heard the ones in Elder Scrolls Online yet. Yes. But even just like Ragnar the Red is like one of the best bard tales ever. Uh, yeah, I, uh, well, I'd have to look it up to be able to tell you the names of the song, but I think mm -hmm. it was like a, the red, there was an eagle, red eagle. Um, oh yeah. Ragnar the Red? No, if she's doing... It would probably this, be about Red Eagle's sword, the new one. This was for Greymore, I believe, or for, um, God, there's so many games. And I worked on several games for several months in a row. So there were different, I worked on Greymore and then I worked on the one before that. And then the one after that. Mm. But I can't, awesome. I can't, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Disney has been having a lot of excellent shows like WandaVision, um, Falcon and Soup, uh, Winter Soldier, and then they got some like Mandalorian, and they also got Bad Batch coming May the 4th. Finally, something releases on May the 4th. Yes. <laughs> and um, what what is some what are some of the shows that you've enjoyed or are looking forward to? Oh yeah. And I won't give any spoilers for those of you who are behind because I know how that goes. <laughs> uh, I watched The Mandalorian like, you know, Hawk. Uh, I was so excited <laughs> for that show and um, was on my feet cheering at many times. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the creativity and the vision with which Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau work together really well, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. So I did, I, meet, I met John Favreau very briefly before they announced that the Mandalorian was coming out. So I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, we worked together on the Clone Wars. I was the Duchess Satine. And he's like, oh yeah, did we work together? And I said, well, we weren't able to record our episodes together, but you know, you had to try to kill me a few times. And you know, I was <laughs> Duchess Satine. And he laughed and he was like, oh, well, it's really nice to meet you. And I was like, hey, thanks to you too. So uh, 
But then maybe a week later, they announced The Mandalorian. And I was like, aha, he didn't say a thing. <laughs> Good for him. Nobody knew. Um, so very well, very well. You know, you've got to keep those secrets, those Disney secrets and Star Wars secrets. They're, they're sacred. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge Mandalorian fan. I, have, I can't tell you how many masks I have that have Grogu on them. I love it. Grogu's the best. <laughs> got a lot of Grogu stuff, and I got a couple of shirts too. There you go. Um, but yeah, sure. and and seeing um, Ahsoka on the show, fantastic, just lovely. I may have woken up my family uh, the episode where <laughs> Ahsoka came on screen because you know I every Friday morning, <laughs> up nice and early. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I well, I went through a thing, and this is the shift to uh, WandaVision because I just was so busy on Fridays, I wasn't able to watch WandaVision on Friday. So it became a habit for my son and I to watch WandaVision on Saturday morning. And that was kind of like, because I like feeling like there's still Saturday morning cartoons, even though there's not. Because mm -hmm. when I was I a kid, that was a big deal. I was the first one in the bed, I was eating cereal out of the box, and I was watching the, <laughs> you know, I was watching uh, uh, Snorks and Smurfs and Dungeons and Dragons and, Transformers and I mean anything I could watch on Saturday morning cartoons until wrestling started because I'm I from miss Saturday morning cartoons. Me too. So if I can find a show that's like that, that's streaming like that, that becomes my uh, my beautiful Saturday morning moment. And that was WandaVision for me. I love, I love it. I love that. It's awesome. What about WandaVision? Did you enjoy? Uh, so many things. I liked the way that they, it was interesting watching it with my son because he mm -hmm. doesn't have the context of the Dick Van Dyke show or a lot of the old black and white sitcoms. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting to watch him, um, come on that journey and try to figure it out. So I had to explain to him, I said, I said, remember, it's not about what they're doing or how they're doing it. It's about what they're saying. I said, so no matter what time period you think this is taking place in, pay attention to what they're saying to each other. Pay attention to what Wanda and Vision, you know, mean mm -hmm. and how they're feeling and watch those. And then when they started doing those little reveals with their facial expressions and them trying to figure things out, then, you know, we were all kind of coming into the mystery with them, which I really just relished. That was amazing. Yeah, I loved how they added that slight twinge of like horror almost. Yeah, yeah. To like those old time sitcoms. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, yeah, it was it was incredible. And, and then the way they uh, incorporated that with our other beloved characters that we already know from Thor and uh, so many mm -hmm. Marvel movies, the, the agents that came in. Jimmy Woo. Just so, oh God, Jimmy Woo is great. It's like, and uh, Rambo and Rambo, Rambo. Rambo, yeah. <laughs> uh, I always say Rambo now because my daughter watches the Dream SMP. So she always says Rambo, <laughs> Dream SMP. Uh, but capturing Rambo, Rambo uh, I can't wait to see that. I hope that's yeah. a spinoff show. Has that been announced? That, that I don't that's... think it's been announced, but it should be. Uh, yeah. There's totally so much there that they could work with. Sure. Uh, out of the show and I love the fact that they, that that series alone gave so many opportunities for fan theories to pop up and I you know because we talked about it several times here you know in both our live episodes and and on our Facebook group um, uh, you know talking about it you know everybody's spitting out these different theories and and the thing is is that the vast majority of them were plausible you yeah. go oh yeah I can see that as a thing that could be fun but what about this? You know, and then, and the next then it wasn't. It. And then none of it. And then none of it happened. And I'm still excited. So, but there's that. So. I should go back and watch some of you guys talking about that because I like I watched my friend Eric Cherry does a show where he was doing a weekly update after the new Wandavision mm -hmm. show would come on, and he has a vast knowledge of the comics. So um, I didn't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything by saying twins, but. It's after 48 about, hours. Yeah. It's been, it's been <laughs> well over 48 hours. I, I think know, we're safe there. I didn't know about the twins or what to expect from that storyline. So when that came in, I actually, uh, you know, I'll carefully do a little research and say, well, what, you know, what's mm -hmm. the story with that? But I don't want to find out too much because if it's going to be revealed in the show, I don't right. want to spoil it for right. myself. See, and I only did, I only knew enough because I wasn't a big uh, uh, Scarlet Witch fan growing up. I didn't read a lot of her stuff. I didn't. I knew loosely about House of M because of some of my buddies were, you know, were deeper into comic books than I were at the time. But 
you know, so I knew just enough of the, of the storyline to get excited to, to know that there, there was some extent of House of M that they were following through this yeah. and, and go, Ooh, this, this is actually a thing. So that made me go back to the comic books and go look it back up to, so I could kind of see what was going on. And uh, it's not an exact parallel of, of the House of M, but there's enough tie-ins where you go, yeah, I think they were, they were kind of feeding off that a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just definitely a big fan of that series now. And it was interesting watching Age of Ultron probably two weeks after the show ended. And my son looked at me and he said, that's so weird. And I said, what? He said, just hearing Vision's voice as this computer and not Mm -hmm. seeing him. He's like, (laughs) he said, because now I know him so well from WandaVision, it's very Mm -hmm. hard to watch this. Right. And I said, well, you just have to remember that you got an insight into the future version of himself and who, you know, who he becomes as a, as a character. And so he hasn't, he hasn't actually watched infinity war or Endgame yet. So I'm still kind of taking him on all these journeys and oh, that's awesome. slowly introducing him to each film. And, and it's when you're a young kid too, some of the origin stories aren't as exciting as like Avengers because there's more fighting. It's same with star Wars. If it gets too political or it still slows down too much, you know, um, Mm-hmm. it can it can be hard for them to to follow it but he's really he's my he's my marvel superhero buddy in the house <laughs> i love it he, we've been introducing our daughter to marvel and star wars too she's two and a half so i mean it's the, if it's not in your face explosive she doesn't yeah. really care yeah but to watch her watch fight scenes and yeah. then pretend she's a superhero and tell me that she's flying around the living room it's like this is great. That's <laughs> this is so great. cute. She would be <laughs> the cutest little Wanda for Halloween. Yeah. That would be oh. cute. Oh. All right. So Anna, we've gotten to a point in our show where we'd like to uh, do something with you that we do with every one of our guests. And that's run you through a little bit of a quiz. All right. So it's Ready? a five, it's a five question quiz. It's all based okay. on star Wars. Okay. Okay. Uh, now each of the questions are multiple choice. So you'll have that going for you. If you get three questions right, we want to send you one of these I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund coffee mugs. If you get four of the questions right, we're going to send you that mug along with this book, which is Custodians of the Cosmos, which uh, is written by our group founder, uh, Drayton Allen. That's Nick's dad. Um, uh, So he wrote a book about someone who wanted to join Starfleet, uh, failed the entrance exam, and tried to rejoin as a custodian. So he boldly, he boldly goes to clean up after those who boldly just went. Yeah. So that's the whole premise of the book. That's fantastic. So, so yeah, so that's if you get four out of five. Now, however, if you get less than three, so two question, one or two questions right, we want to take a picture of you and make a meme out of you and post it in our Facebook group. That's Boo. our fun. We call it a fun <laughs> sequence. I accept your conditions, Tim. I don't like it. It's going to bring <laughs> shame upon the Mandalorian, you know, house of Kree's. If well, I, I will tell you, if you do, if you do fail and we, yes. we make a meme out of you, you're in pretty good company because okay. we've only had three so far that have failed. Okay. Um, and uh, one of those is Dan Pobbenmeyer. The, oh. the co-creator of Phineas. And oh, yeah, I know oh. who Dan is. He's amazing. Okay, I, I I I accept that wall of fame. Shame. There you go. Exactly. All right, Nick, take us out. Who kissed Princess Leia first? Was it Lando, Han, or Luke? It was Luke. You are bingo. Correct. All right. Question two. Darth Tyrannus is also known as. Count Dooku, Darth Maul, or Emperor Palpatine? Um, oh, God. That's a malicious question. <laughs> Tim wrote um, it. It's all Tim's fault. <laughs> is it Maul or Dooku? Is it Maul or Dooku? I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Maul. You should have gone with Dooku. Should have gone with the Dooku. <laughs> yeah. Count Dooku is, is Darth Tyrannus. Remember that. So what alien race does Admiral Akbar belong to? Mon Calamari, Squidwards, or Troutmouths? Mon Calamari. 
All right, you're two for one or two and one, so two out of three. I played so. a uh, Mon Calamari senator on Clone Wars as well. So Dave Filoni said, "Female Akbar," and I said, "Excellent choice. I have it." <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell him it was a trap. This right, is a I, trap. <laughs> even though I'm not asking the next question, I have to say that if you don't get this question right, we're probably not going to air the episode. Okay. <laughs> this is this is some pressure, bro. I know I try legitimately if you get this one wrong though like (laughs) (laughs) change your name and move away (sighs) who is Satine's sister a Bo-Katan b Sabine Wren or c Cara Dune (laughs) who could it be Bo-Katan correct you don't have to change your name and move away there you go I got the mug, I got the mug. You got the mug and you don't get the meme, see? Come on, book. (laughs) This is Duchess Satine's home planet. Mandalore, Coruscant, (laughs) or Calvea, Calvala. Calvala. Is it, it's, I believe it's Calvala. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so four out of five, you get the mug and you get the book and we'll make sure that uh, Drayton puts some scribbles in the front of it for you. Oh, uh, thank you. Very kindly. Yeah. So four out of five. Oh. Jolly good show. Jolly good. <laughs> jolly, jolly good. Yes. Now I have a, that's my mythosaur up there. That was a very nice present from my husband and I have to hide it when I'm doing voiceover sessions. I have this lovely afghan from the 70s with which i have to cover it because it's um oh now i've twitched it um it's it's metal so it reverberates Uh, when i'm uh, yelling uh, okay yeah but um yeah i'm a proud mandalorian there you go awesome (laughs) awesome oh we're back to me that'd be you (laughs) we're just waiting on you nick no big deal why we color code it (laughs) right Anna, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to find out more about your previous acting and what are you do- what you're working on now? Just so much for asking, Nick. You can find out more about Anna Graves at uh, Gravy Voice on Twitter or Anna Graves Voice Actor on Facebook and uh, what what else? Oh, Instagram. I'm Gravy Pick P I C, and uh, I'm working on my AnnaGraves.com. We'll be launching my new website soon so that I can have some more uh, visuals and videos and and uh, fun, hopefully interactive stuff on there too. Cool. Any, yeah. any exciting things you're working on now that you're willing to share or can share? Do you want to shamelessly can, plug? Do I want to shamelessly plug? <laughs> I was, I, well, I can say that I just worked again on um, Magic the Gathering, which I'm actually very excited to find out more about that game. I don't play Magic the Gathering, but I've been researching it a lot. And now it's actually available on iOS. So I'm very excited to check that out. But I I play a character along with uh, Billy Boyd, the wonderful (laughs) Billy Boyd, who is Pippin. So cool. It was so cool getting to work with him. He is genuinely one of the nicest people. You would, like, you hope when you meet, you know, people that you love in films that they're not mean people. That is not him. He is incredibly lovely and talented. So we played brother and sister, um, uh, Rowan and Will Kinrith in this game. Uh, and it's great because we sort of finish each other's sentences and sentences and I have the power of fire and he has the power of ice. So I was just able to, we did our first session together at Warner brothers about a year and a half ago. So we just did a bunch of new stuff for the game. So that's, oh, cool. that's nice. pretty cool. That's fun. And then I also just did some more stuff uh, for, uh, Marvel Super War, which is a, it's an app. It's a game that's not available in the States yet, but it's available in a lot of other countries. So, um, so I basically am the voice of Friday and I narrate the game for you. So oh, cool. not just Sokovia going for a ride. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm the one who says KO and, uh, you know, enemy defeated and things like that. <laughs> so that's, um, that, that game I just worked on again, but other than that, yeah, there's some new stuff that will be coming out hopefully and can talk about it then. Awesome. <laughs> All right. But I'm, we so will make sure. I'm so excited about like, there's so many good new projects that I hope that I get to work on and so many good things as a fan that I, we'll be watching and, and try to 
every now and then, you know, interact with people about online. I just, I'm always so scared that I'm going to give spoilers away. So I sort of. Fair enough. Yeah. We will make sure to put your Instagram, Twitter, and your soon-to-be webpage in our description so that everybody can find those and find about your works and your upcoming work, because that sounds just so cool. Thanks. Yeah, it does. Thank absolutely. You. So we want to remind everybody who's still watching that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Anna Graves and funny moments that you can listen to. So please subscribe. It's going to help far more than we can ever really describe to you. And uh, be sure to check out Anna Graves on all the uh, aforementioned really cool places and uh, check out her work as well. And I guarantee you, if you go to IMDb and you check out all the stuff she's done, you're going to be like me and be surprised with all the cool stuff that she's been involved with. And we also want to remind you that if you're not happy with the content of today's videos, all you have to do is submit in duplicate, of course, to Darth Maul, the new leader of Mandalore. But be warned, these new rulers of Mandalore, well, they're a bit shady, and Darth Maul isn't one to be trusted, no matter how cool you think that double-ended lightsaber actually is. His form of government, well, it's just not as efficient as Duchess Satine and how she would have run things. So yeah, you might want to keep that original copy on hand. Thank you, Tim. Very well said. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Anna. We truly appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you. It was lovely getting to talk, talk to you guys, and hopefully we can chat some more Star Wars in the future, and maybe we can actually talk about Kenobi. Oh, Kenobi awesome. is coming out in the future. That'll be We cool. love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, We didn't so even much, talk guys. about Voltron. Oh, yeah. We didn't. <laughs> Leaf Shotter. That's a I, whole nother... That's a whole other show. Yeah. I will talk about Voltron anytime. I'm Stay tuned fan. for Anna Graves part two. Part two. <laughs> Numero deuce. <laughs> Form Voltron. <laughs> I love it. Goodbye, everyone. And thanks for watching. Thanks, guys. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give redshirt crewman number 32. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and defends Earth from Zarkon five minutes before Team Voltron shows up, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Redshirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and the wing of his starfighter. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.